0: Hope you love the, the words we sang, words of truth already today. Uh, to the guys who got baptized, I'm so proud of you guys. And I thought of you in the first song we sang. Uh, Almighty, forever I will never be the same because you came near. And not only did Jesus come near uh, to our earth, you know, uh, to our world. He, he walked here, he lived here, he gave his life here. Uh, But he came near to you. Uh, He came near to me. And that's a miracle. Uh, We just praise God this morning that he's drawn near to you. And my prayer for you uh, is that you will forever, never be the same because of what God has done in Jesus for you. And so praise God for that. Proud of you guys and and thankful. We got Jacob, who's been with us for just a few months. And a neat story. Uh, We lost our baptism uh, coordinators uh, who who help set up everything for us on Saturday for Sunday. They come and fill up the tank and make sure it's warm and uh, all that goes into that. Uh, they deal with the t-shirts and the towels and everything. Uh, and um, the uh graciously um, volunteered to replace uh, the knuckles who moved away. And uh, it's their grandson who was baptized today. And so uh, They got to set up baptism uh, for you, Jacob. Jacob's been with us for a few months in our student ministry, and they gave him a nickname Joe Cool, is what I'm told. (laughs) And everybody's very proud of Angel and Joe Cool this morning. So uh, anyway, if you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we've been going through what the Bible refers to as the armor of God, the whole armor of God. And we so far have looked at the belt of truth, and the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of gospel peace. Uh, And all of these, uh, all six of them that we will study, are are given to us. These are pieces of spiritual armor for believers to be able to wear uh, in order to stand against the schemes of the devil. We have a real enemy, a spiritual personal enemy. Uh, who is against us and all that we are, and who would love to snuff out the light of the gospel in our lives. Can, can the enemy, can the devil, can anything in all creation ever take away the salvation of someone who is born again? The answer is no to that. But our enemy sure would delight to take uh, Christian families and Christian hearts into his clutches and to squeeze out all the joy, all the life and all the gospel impact uh, that God wants for us. And he does it with effectiveness, and he does it with shrewdness. And so the Bible tells us that we have at our disposal these pieces of armor that we can spiritually uh, apply to ourselves to be ready for what he wants to do, to stand firm in the evil day. And so we're gonna look at this passage of scripture again, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 17. We'll be focusing in on verse 16. If you don't have a Bible, these words will be on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible in your life, we don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word just for you. We have those on the table in the back as you leave today. You can't miss them. If you need a copy of God's Word, you take that. There's no cost to you, just a gift from our heart to yours, okay? Let's read this together. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We've said this every week, but can you just get strong? Is it your might? Is your strength enough? No, not not at all. If we try to do this in our strength without the Lord, we are destined to fail. But be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of who? Of God. That you may be able to stand strong against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What this means is this, what may appear to be a temporal, uh, just a physical battle, flesh and blood, what may appear to be political, or what may appear to be relational, or what, what may appear to be coming against you from Something you can see many times as Christians is, in fact, a darker picture behind the scenes. Uh, A personhood of a deliberate devil is working things out to be against us. We need to be aware that what's in front of us is not necessarily our battlefield, but there's much going on behind there. We need to draw close to God. We need to walk with him and be rich in his word. These are the things that will make us ready for that type of battle. It's against all these forces, the Bible says, in the heavenly places or the spiritual realm. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Can we withstand? Is it possible? Yes, it is. With the armor of God. Can we do it ourselves? No. But can we withstand this? Yes. This is not a hopeless thing. We can withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. Verse 14, therefore, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The armor or the piece of armor that we're examining today uh, is one that carries three messages for Christians. We're looking today at at the, the shield of faith. Let's look at these messages together. Number one, the message number one that comes out of this imagery is that our faith can prevail in a fierce battle. Your faith, my faith can prevail in a fierce battle. Listen to verse 16 carefully. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. This is a fierce battle because of what we are to do with this shield. If you remember all the other articles of armor, we are to have put them on. We have already put them on. We're wearing them day to day, and if you look uh, if you look at exactly how it's worded here in the Scripture, all the first three pieces of armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of gospel peace, the, the words in Scripture are having fastened on. We have already fastened them on. This is like something that you wear every day, like a, a, a pair of socks, for instance, or a belt uh, in, this, in this case. Uh, but now we move to, to a series of pieces of armor that we are to take up when it is called for. That's why I brought this stick today. This is my dad's old baton. Um, he was a, um, um, a police officer for 28 years, and uh, this is what was issued to him. It's called a PR24. If you know that language, uh, you don't see these often anymore, although they're making a comeback. Um, I keep it in the office uh, for Laura and Kathy mostly, um, but (laughs) not really, that's terrible. Um, But I do keep it in my office, I don't know why. Sometimes I use it when I'm thinking, I just, you know, in my chair walking around the room and it helps me think, but I've got it there. Uh, But when my dad carried it, he had a little loop on his belt, on his duty belt, um, just simple little loop, but I never saw him wear this thing. It was always uh, in the crease of his door jamb or maybe even in the trunk. It was something that was not a part of his everyday, but was available when he needed to take it up. This This was not something that, as the Bible puts it, he had fastened on that he wore all the time, but it was something that we're about to examine today that he took up when it was a special occasion when something called for it. That sounds strange to call it a special occasion, but it was, when it was a special occasion when, the, when the, um, the details of what was happening called for this. That's what we're dealing with today. The battle can sometimes become fierce, can't it? And while we might wear the the belt of truth and the shoes of gospel peace and the breastplate of righteousness while we're sitting at Starbucks, we always have those on, we should, we should seek to do that. We might wear these things while we're just going around our world or sitting at a traffic light or wherever it is that life takes you. There are times and there are pieces of armor that we need to take up for a special occasion. That means when the battle becomes very fierce. This indicates the fierceness of our battle. These are times when Satan's temptations and terrors just zero in on your life. When all of a sudden you're tempted and and, and it's, it's something heavier than before. When the trials are too deep for you, the Bible tells us we can take up the shield of faith. It is given to us so that we can withstand the devil even when he wants to claim a victory in your life the very most. Are you ready for that? The Bible says to take up this shield of faith. And what that indicates to us is we don't have to lose the battle. We can withstand in the evil day. You don't have to give up the field to Satan just because he challenges you. You don't have to be helpless and wounded. Through Christ, Christians do possess the power to prevail even over such an enemy. Don't fall for the lie. That there's nothing you can do when God says you can. Are you armored up for the everyday? Are you ready to live in faith and to have an impact for God wherever he takes you? That's the goal here, but the second goal is that when it's called for, when Satan challenges you deeply, or when you're preparing to go like you guys did on a mission trip, and you know the stakes are high, you pick up the shield of faith and God has given you a defense. Our faith can prevail in a fierce battle. But secondly, our faith can stand against any attack. Verse 16, again, listen to this. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish what? All the flaming arrows of the evil one. What's the nature of these arrows? Number one, there are many. There's a bunch of them, isn't there? How many arrows are there? All the flaming arrows of the evil one. He comes at us from all different directions, with all different tactics. uh, There are many arrows that come our way from Satan. I was watching a baseball game last week. Uh, Actually, it was a clip from a baseball game, and the pitcher lined up ready to pitch, and the batter was in the batter's uh, area, and the umpire was down ready to go, and the pitcher just just wound up and tossed a ball just kind of, it was terrible, I mean, it, was, it went way high, it soared up over here, everybody knew this is going to be ruled a ball by the umpire. And You watch that thing sail, you thought, this is ridiculous, this is the worst pitch I've ever seen, and it came down right at the right moment in that batter's box and stayed the whole time in the batter's box. The umpire jumped up and ruled it a strike, third strike, the guy was out. It was a trick, right? Nobody pitches that way. Satan comes at us with all different angles and attacks and just the time we think, hey, I'm secure, I'm safe, everything's okay, in comes a sailing ball, a sailing dart from Satan that wants to disrupt our lives. There are many, there are many arrows, but also, what are these arrows doing? They are flaming or they are fiery arrows. This demonstrates how destructive they can be. Satan means to consume the life of a Christian. We have on top of our steeple at this church a lightning rod uh, because it's tall and it sticks way up in the sky and and a storm comes and we don't want the place to burn down. And uh, so I was looking the other day, I was just walking around, and I saw that the lightning rod had a copper cable that came all the way down and was just hanging at the end. It wasn't attached to the ground at all. That means if it, a lightning strikes, then yeah, all that energy is going to go into the building. And Joe Collier came and uh, on Wednesday, I think. <clears throat> Joe came out here and attached that lightning cable to the ground. And then on Saturday, or Friday it was, right? You remember the storm on Friday? Uh, Joe may have sat, saved the whole church for today. We may be sitting here because of, of Joe. Who knows? I mean, that was a bad, a bad storm. Here's the alternative. The alternative is you got no lightning rod, you got no protection, in sails a bolt of lightning into this place, and this 70-year-old wood framework in this place pff, would be destroyed. That is Satan's desire for my life and for your life. He would love. We get used to this ball. We get used to this attack. We get used to this, and all of a sudden he sails into the midst of our life, some flaming dart, and we are Consumed. That's what he desires to do. And we have a shield, the Bible says. We have a shield against that very thing. That we can draw close to God, that the shield of faith, which by the way, these old shields that are referred to here would have been four foot tall and two and a half feet wide. These were not little shields. Uh, You can draw near to the shield of faith, draw near to the Lord Himself, and you can have protection against these things. And so what form do these darts take? I want to look at a few. First of all. They take on the form of temptations, uh, just just regular temptations, pride and vanity and love of self. See if any of these sound familiar in your life. Greed and jealousy and comparison to other people, what they have, what I wish I had. Disinterest and apathy and love of comfort. Busyness and distraction. If anything is attacking the American church today, I think it's got to be this last one, busyness and distraction. This is a situation where uh, without meaning to, without ill intention, uh, something just crowds in and all of a sudden the the your spiritual life and the life of the church gets bumped and then something else crowds in and it gets bumped again and bumped further and bumped further and we're just busy people. We're distracted. Satan uses this to distance us from his from God's people. Lust and immorality never uh, in the history of humanity has pornography been more accessible and more powerful, more potent and addictive than it is at this present time? At the very time when we are placing devices and conduits for it right in our hands and in the hands of our youngest ones. This is a, this is a crazy avenue of temptation that Satan is exploiting with great effect, not only in the culture, but even in the Christian church, not only with boys, but also with girls. I mean, uh, temptations, guilt, regret, doubt. Lord, I just don't believe you could save me. I can't get over my past and how dark it was. Have you really saved me, God? Am I really saved? Could you really do it? How bad I am. I can't get over this regret. In the church, it comes in the form of divisiveness And detachment. Where all of a sudden, we're fighting about something. Where all of a sudden, we're just not a part of the church anymore. Where all of a sudden, there's a destructive demandingness that takes place. And Satan is gleeful about the lightning bolt that he's planted right here. And there was no lightning rod, and there was no shield of faith because God's people were not ready. Is your life ready for the temptations that he brings? It also takes the form of trials. This is just hardships. Unfair circumstances—it's not right. I lost my job and he got promoted. That's not—I can't get over that injustice and wounds and betrayal and loss. And all of a sudden, in our minds, come up a, a, a question: God, I thought you loved me. God, I thought you were good. God, I thought you were a God of justice. And all of a sudden, Satan is out there just laughing at the fact that he's gotten his lightning bolt in. The trials have come he's worn us down. There was no defense. There was no shield. It comes in the form of terrors. That's persecution and oppression, opposition. That's just the hardship, guys, young people, of living out your faith in a culture that thinks it's a joke and that thinks you're a joke for having anything to do with it. Now, that's just the truth. Uh, it, It comes in the form of temptations, trials, and terrors. Satan uses these arrows to get at the church, and all of them have in common one thing, they are lies about God with the goal of causing you to doubt his character, God can't be good if this is happening, in the case of temptations, right, well, I really need this, I'm, 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 I have these needs in my life, God said he would meet your needs, and in a better way, well, I just don't, try, I just, I, he's not doing it, you know, I need this money, I need this relationship. I need this sex. I need this, um, this job. I, I, need, I need this. And God says, I am your provider. There are lies about God and all his craftiness and all his experience. I want you to know this morning that Satan has never found a method of attack that is not subject to being extinguished by the armor of a believer in true fellowship with God listen to that one more time, in thousands of years of doing this, Satan has not found an arrow that is not able to be extinguished by a Christian in true fellowship with God. Does Does he get his arrows in sometimes? You better believe it. But God always has provided what we need to stand firm and to withstand the devil. That's because God has never been found to be untrue. We can believe what God says. But thirdly, the last thing here, our faith makes the difference in the conflict. It is our faith that makes the difference in this conflict. And so when we hear the word faith, what is that? What is this shield that we're, that we're told to, uh, to, to take up, uh, to, to, to raise up in times of fierce attack? It has to do with faith, when we think of faith, we hear the word unbelief, don't we? You either believe or you don't believe. And when we hear faith and belief, we think of something intellectual and in the mind. But biblical faith is much, much more than that. Listen to these references from Scripture. In Habakkuk 2.4 and Romans 1.17 and Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.38, here's what the Bible says. The righteous shall live by faith. Four times, Old Testament, New Testament. God tells us the righteous shall live by faith. The word there we want to focus on is live. Not the righteous shall believe by faith. Not the righteous shall think by faith. But that our lives will bear the marks of faith. And so faith here is belief placed into action in our lives. That your life is different because of what you know to be true about Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11 says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What role does faith have in your life? There ought to be some substance there in your living. There ought to be some substance there that shows to be true because of what you believe about God. James 2.19 says this, talking to, um, Uh, to Jewish Christians who were hypocrites. It says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. What does that mean? You say, well, hey, I'm good because I believe in God. The Bible says, even the demons believe in God. And they do better than many out there. They do better than that because they believe and it makes a difference in their lives. By what? They tremble. Uh, It's not enough just to believe in God. Our faith is what makes the difference in the conflict. And so if you're going to take up the shield of faith, if you're going to hold on to that higher truth and draw near to that, then it's a matter of believing and letting that belief make a difference in your life. I have something that I do a lot of times with kids, and on mission trips this is um, something that's pretty effective depending on the crowd. But I love to take off my finger. Have you ever showed you this before? My grandfather used to do it, uh, and he did it great. I'm going to try, try the best I can, see if you can see it from that far away. He would take his finger just like this. Can you all see it over here? I want to make sure Buddy can see it. Um, and he would just just pull it up and just take off his finger, right? Isn't that amazing, right? It looks pretty real. I mean, it really does. To me, it does. I was mesmerized that he could do this, and he never would, would tell me how, but he'd just lift that finger right up, take it right off. I do this with kids, and it works better in foreign countries. Uh, <laughs> in America, they just think you're a creeper and uh, call the hotline on you or whatever, but anyway, um, it's fun to do, and I, I tried this at art camp a few weeks ago here at our church. I went in there, and I I showed the kids, and, and they were, sure enough, you know, they were interested in it. Uh, but all of them said, that's not real. They said, you're not really doing that. And I said, well, if it's not real, you show me how to do it, you know. Uh, and they would try and try, and, and, and they never could work it out. I said, get out. You know, get out of our church. Uh, <laughs> but, but they never could figure it out. But even though they didn't know how it was done, all of them knew it wasn't really my finger it wasn't really coming off. There was something higher, a a bigger truth, a a more certain reality that they knew to be the case, no matter what. And in this case, uh, taking up the shield of faith, that's exactly what this means. Satan is going to launch darts of deception into our lives. He's going to tell you all these lies like, you need this. And you probably wouldn't go for this sin if God were providing the way he said he would. If he were giving you the, the things you need the way he's supposed to, then you wouldn't have this desire in you. And so go for it. Just do it. It makes sense, but it's a lie. And when we hear that lie, we are drawing near to the shield of faith, it is a higher truth, it is something we know better, it is a more certain reality than the lies, than the tricks that Satan would want to throw into the midst of our lives. He, He does it all the time. When it comes to terrors, we think, well, it's just too hard to live in this world. In fact, the whole world does not believe the things that I believe based on the Word of God. Can all of those people be wrong? Satan whispers. Can all Matthew, I mean, come on, all these people look at it this way. Why would you live in the, your school hallways and in your lunchroom in your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Why would you why would you live according to God's word? Nobody believes that stuff. We hold to a higher truth. It looks good. It looks right. After all, they make some sense sometimes, but we know something higher. When terrors come, when it hurts worse than you thought life could hurt, when it lasts longer than you thought anything could last, and Satan whispers, God's not near you. God's abandoned you. How could he let you walk this road like this? You've pleaded with him. You've begged him to do something. He can do something by his strong arm. Surely, what's wrong with God? Maybe there is no God. Maybe he's not of the character the Bible testifies him to be. And all of a sudden, the trickery, the illusion, looks like the reality. Draw near, my friend, to the shield of faith. And what that involves, hold close to that, what that involves is not just believing here not just academically accepting it but applying that in your life are you living righteously are you living out your faith is there any substance Hebrews 11 is there any substance to the things you have said you believe is there can I look at your life can you look at my life and say I see it there's a substance there of the things hoped for there's an evidence there of the things not seen. Can I look at your life and you look at my life and say, that man, that woman, the righteous, they're living by faith, not thinking, not believing, they're living by their faith. That's what it means to take up the shield of faith. If you wanna live as a victorious Christian, if you're tired of living under spiritual defeat, then you draw up near to that shield, you draw up near to God, with a closeness that makes a difference in the real places in your life. Our mission team did that this weekend. Guys, how many of y'all, 30, 30 plus from our church down in Clarkston? It was hot that first day and second day too. That sun was beating down. There was no breeze. It was an uncertain place. I told you last week, all the police are quitting there. It's, It's not a a perfectly safe environment. It's different. Many of the adults didn't speak English. These are people uh, very recently in the country from places that are very foreign to our minds, They're very different to our minds of another religion, uh, a religion that at many times is credited with being an enemy, a legi- uh, an, 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 an enemy of the United States. And here you guys go down to that place, now, uncertain, <clears throat> awkward, exposed. But you went, why in the world would people go from 3104 Poplar Springs Church Road down to that place to do that work? Because the righteous shall think, no, shall live by faith. We do things differently. We hold to a higher truth. And we let our faith make a difference in the real places in our life. Trust God. Trust God to the point it changes you in the real world. That it makes a difference, students, in your choices, in your priorities, in your actions, in your attitudes. Uh, Have real faith in God. If you do that, you'll start seeing arrows extinguished. Does that mean you're going to have a perfect defense? Nothing's ever going to get in. You're never going to stumble. There's never going to be an issue, no. But it means the more we do that, the more we draw up under God, those arrows will get snuffed out in the shield he has provided. Is that you today? You see, the Savior who is strong enough to save you, like we sang about earlier, I mean, the one who is strong enough to save is strong enough to trust with your life, even the very treasured and priceless parts of your life. There's a power in placing faith in the Savior. Don't be afraid to walk in it. Don't be afraid to walk in it and watch the devil break upon that armor. Let me pray for us. Just a moment, I'd be happy to offer you a chance to respond to God today. If you need to make a decision or ask God to change you in any way, the floor is open here. I'll be happy to pray with you. I'll give you privacy to pray on your own if that's what you desire. If you need to share a decision with the church, a decision to be saved, to trust Christ, to place saving faith there, we'll celebrate with you. If you need to come to the waters of baptism, we'll walk you through that. We're baptizing again in just a couple weeks. On the, I think the second or third, maybe the sixth, I can't remember. But we're baptizing early in August and late in August already have people lined up to go to the waters on on that day and so if that's you if you need to be a part of that why don't you let us know maybe you need to come for church membership today or maybe you just need to tell something to God that you've needed to tell him for a long time and I haven't mentioned it it's weighed upon your heart you just need to get honest you just need to say some real words to the Lord there's no formula to this He's not waiting for you to say it perfectly, to write a poem. You just open up raw, real, let God know. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the Word of God. We thank you for trusting it to us. You are kind and giving. We thank you for the victory of baptism today. And Lord, I pray that you would take what's uh, been sung here today, what's been preached here today, and that you would redeem it for the things that you want, not only for your own namesake, but the things that you want for your people here. Help us to walk in real faith that changes us. Father, we're tired of falling for the tricks of Satan. We're tired of walking in comfort, delighting in detachment from other people and from the labor of Christian work. We're tired of all that, God. We want to we live for you and know the power of that. We're tired of wasting away in sexual sin. It's so easy. It's so accessible. It's so instant. But Father, it is eroding and decaying us. Father, we're tired of that. We're tired of being weak and listless and loving you. <clears throat> we're tired of being cowardly and living for you in places where it's difficult we're tired of it God we want to walk in real faith may there be some substance to the things we believe some evidence in the things that are not seen and Lord let it come now we pray in Jesus name amen let's stand and sing and as we do I invite you to respond